0: Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and I want to welcome you to the Game Changers podcast hosted by Michelle Dutro. I personally cannot speak more highly of the value of mentorship, and this podcast will bring you some of the best. If you want some inspiration back with strategy of how to make your vision a reality, stay tuned and prepare to ignite. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Game Changer podcast. I am thrilled to have our guest today with us is uh, Michelle Thal, PhD, uh, with us from Bastyr University out in Kenmore, Washington. And uh, for those of you that follow either the podcast or my blog, know that that was my stomping grounds up until uh, just a couple months ago when I moved to San Francisco. So Bastyr is very near and dear to my heart being in, you know, alternative or complementary medicine. I work with a lot of naturopathic doctors and acupuncturists, and most of the great ones all come from Bastyr. So I was thrilled when our paths crossed, and specifically for this topic, because it's, uh, it's the right time of year, right, where we're all setting New Year's resolutions. So I think this conversation is going to be one that you're really going to get a lot out of So let's back up here and let me tell you a little bit more about michelle after a career in corporate financial accounting She first became excited about teaching and exercise when invited to teach an exercise routine at a fitness class She was taking this experience proved to be life-changing Switching gears, she became certified as an American College of Sports Medicine Health Fitness Specialist in 2002. Since then, like I said, she's gone on to get her PhD in Kinesiology, Health and Exercise Science from Ohio State back in 2014, and she currently is a core faculty member in the Department of Nutrition and Exercise Science who teaches a range of exercise science and research methods courses. Michelle, did I uh, come close with that, or is there anything that I left out that you'd like to share with us?
1: No, you you did a good job. That's about where I'm at. I've been here for a year, and I'm um, looking forward to expanding.
0: Excellent. Well, you know, I always start every one of these shows out with the, the journey that people have been on to get where they are today. And, you know, as uh, as the intro said, you know, it seems like this kind of, uh, maybe it found you. I'm not really Sure but was exercise and nutrition and fitness was that always a lifelong passion for you or did life sort of take you down a path where you know this sort of evolved and and truly is at the core who you are and and uh, and what you're doing today How did that all transpire?
1: yeah it, it's a it's a really good question It's been a very circuitous route for me I I didn't grow up um, being physically active necessarily. Um, I, I do remember going to some exercise classes with my mother, but that, you know, that interest kind of died out and it really came back later on when I started taking some exercise classes. I, I happened to be dating someone who was very physically active and that kind of motivated me. And the more I gained experience with, with exercise, the more I realized how it was so instrumental in changing my mood and changing my attitude and making me feel you know, really like the, the power in my own life. And that also led to a stronger interest in, in eating better, quite honestly.
0: Right now, how do you get from having uh, an interest in, you know, really kind of overall health and wellness? um you know, uh, I think that's really what we're talking about here to, to going and getting your PhD from Ohio state. That's a, you know, that's a big Delta for most people. Most people, I think have some level of an interest in it, but, uh, boy, we're, we're not all running out to, uh, to get our PhD in this. So what, what really prompted you to say, no, I, I want to take this all the way to the, to the greatest degree of learning. I, I would imagine to really be able to make a tremendous impact and a difference in people's lives.
1: Well, I I do feel like the path has helped me to make a difference in a lot of people's lives as I've been on it. But now that I've in a a sense arrived at Bastyr, I feel more able to do it. Um, But to go back, you know, to your question, when I originally took that exercise class and I found that I liked to be leading it when I had one occasion to lead the class, I really enjoyed it. But I recognized that, you know, I didn't have the background to be an exercise or fitness teacher and uh, through conversations with friends and family and a therapist, quite honestly, um, I I came to the point where I realized that I wanted to have knowledge that I could then share with people. I don't, I never like to do anything halfway. I always like to do it all the way. So instead of going and getting, you know, a three-day certification in exercise uh, class teaching... I decided to go back and get my uh, master's degree in, pardon me, exercise science. Um, and in doing that, I, I had to take all new prerequisites because of, you know, my background in accounting. My undergrad was not full of biology and chemistry and and good things like that support health and fitness. So uh, it took me four years to get my master's degree. And as I did that that was the first time that I was able to teach. I was a graduate assistant and I, the first class I taught, I walked into my mentor's office and I said, Oh my God, I know what I need to do with my life. I need to be a teacher. And so that, you know, that was a really inspirational moment for me. And I did finish the master's and I did um, teach at that university, but after several years of teaching with my master's degree, I had two problems. One is I was hitting my head on the ceiling because I didn't have the PhD, which didn't allow me to go to any other university, really. And the second problem was that I knew what to tell people to do to get healthy, to stay healthy, but I didn't know how to get them to do it. And so that's why I went back to get the PhD, because the program I was in um, had behavioral aspects of physical activity and wellness, which basically means how do you help people find what motivates them to get active and to, to adopt a lifestyle that's more healthy for them?
0: Got it. Well, you know, this really is the crux of this particular show. It's a, it's a kickoff for 2016. As Michelle and I were chatting prior to uh, my hitting the record button you know, we were talking about the why behind what people do, why they do what they do, why they stop doing things that they're doing. And, and this is really, if you're, if you're listening to this right now, and you've written out your new year's resolutions, and you're going to eat better, and you're going to, you know, go get more exercise or join a gym or, you know, take up yoga, whatever that may be. I really hope you listen to this conversation. Because The reality of you being successful at whatever the endeavor is, this just happens to be around, you know, uh, nutrition and exercise, if you will. But the reality of the difference between you being successful and unsuccessful in both of our opinion is whether or not you have a big enough why. And I will apply that to if you want to start a business, What uh, no matter what you want to do, if you have a big enough why, you will be able to see that through to fruition and not just to an end date of, you know, maybe 2017, but truly as a way of life, which is what we're talking about here. And if you're listening and you've had, you know, the 27 other diets that have failed you or exercise programs that haven't worked out and, you know, you've got five different versions of a little mini home gym sitting in your garage that you don't use anymore, or, you know, the, the little treadmill that now acts as a, as a coat rack. I hope that this mindset, this behavioral change or talking about the why is maybe the one do different here going forward in 2016 than maybe the years prior. That certainly is our intention and it's our hope. We both share a lot of the same love and passion around what you eat and how you treat your body. So I hope this conversation is a bit of a springboard in a different way of looking at things. So with that as the backdrop, Michelle, because you have your PhD in this area, why is it that you feel people do start these yo-yo diets or start an exercise and stop uh, versus the people that are able to look at something and embody it as a way of life. How can people go from, and I know this is a big question, but from that mindset of, uh, wow, I really identify with her. I, I do have, you know, my treadmill is now a coat rack and, and I have tried, you know, the popcorn diet and the grapefruit diet and, and I would like this year to be different. What's the one thing that people are going to have to shift in their mind for that in fact to happen?
1: Well, I think that you know you hit the nail on the head when you said finding the right why, because we we really have to be intrinsically motivated to do whatever it is we're going to do. And um, in, in other words, you know, self-determination theory, which is something I studied during the course of my PhD studies, um, it, it basically says that in order for behaviors to be Adopted as habits, things that you do throughout your lifetime, they have to be intrinsically motivated. And and what that means is that you have to find something in the behavior that is enjoyable to you. It, either it makes you happy or it makes you excited or it makes you feel good or you just love doing whatever this thing is for the sake of doing it all on its own. Um, most people start an exercise program or a diet because they want some external thing, they want to look like the lady in the magazine. They want to lose 10 pounds. They want to stop having um, high cholesterol. Whatever it is, th- those are those are long-term and external goals, and you you really need to find something about the behavior, whether it's. Um, you know, going to the gym, or whether it's deciding you're going to eat more vegetables, you have to find something enjoyable in the process of engaging in that behavior, or you risk the the likelihood of finding that you can only sustain that behavior for a very short period of time. Um, you know, the the idea that. Um, we're going to lose a certain amount of weight is what motivates most people to go to the gym in January. And as you and I both mentioned, you know by February, the parking lot is empty. And in January you can't find a spot. And, and that's because people think they're going to go and they're going to lose all this weight and they're going to be all happy about it. And they don't see it happen at the rate that they want it to happen. and so they quit. The the reality is that if they thought about the why ahead of time, and let's say the why was I want more energy, I want to um, sleep better at night, I want my brain to work better when I'm playing games with my kids or at work, all of those things come from a single bout of Exercise, but we don't pay attention to those sorts of outcomes. We're we're constantly checking the scale, and we have to get our mind off of those external things and look at what happens right in the moment when we get physically active, and pay more attention to how our body feels um, instead of just looking at some scale to decide whether or not that behavior, you know, was really valid or had value. I think that mind shift is a huge part of what should happen before you even step into a gym, before you even decide what your new menu plan is going to be for, you know, the first week of your diet, you have to ask yourself, what am I going to get out of it personally every single day when I do this? And, um, you know, what, what do I really want? What are my objectives? And those objectives have to be intrinsic.
0: Right And I love this. Uh, and uh, maybe this has been said before. It's not been said in a way that I think I've actually heard, and that is that if your goal is some future thing, right, one day my cholesterol will be lowered, or one day I'm going to lose the weight, that it in the meantime is where our demise is going to come from, because we are a very I, I call it a microwave society. We want everything right now right Uh now. Um, I mean, and it's the, it's the funniest thing, uh, to see people, you know, literally tapping their foot or tapping their watch in front of a microwave as though even that's not fast enough. And that's, and that's what we've become. Right. And so if we have a goal that is when this happens, some futuristic event, uh, then I will be happy that that right there is, is a, uh, is a self-sabotaging plan, right? That, because it's, It's not going to make us happy in the moment. We have some date in July that, when we think we reached our goal, at that point we'll be happy. Which is why we fail by the time February gets here. We never even make it to July. Right. So if somebody's listening to this and saying, "Well, okay, if I'm going to listen to you two and I uh, adopt your philosophy," here's the thing: I'm gonna. I was going to start a running program, and I hate running. So I I thought I would be happy. I I heard that uh, running might be one way for me to lose the 10 pounds, but now you're telling me I have to be happy along the way and I don't like running. So, well, then I guess that's out. Correct. So, so on, you know, I think we've all heard, find something that you love to do and go do that. At the end of the day, is that what you're saying? Hey, when it comes to exercise, whatever it is you're doing uh, in the moment or that day, that there's something about that today that you feel good about?
1: Yeah, you're, you're completely on target. Um, I, and it's funny that you, you use the example of running because I hate running. I hate running. And um, when I went to get my a PhD at Ohio State, um, everybody in my uh, doctoral program, they were all runners. Not only runners, they were marathoners. And they used to kind of give me a hard time about not running, but the truth is, I hate it. I would not do it. It's not conducive to long term lifestyle habit. You know, so you know, I find my own thing now. When I say find your own thing, I mean, there's so many options, and I think again, the idea of, of um, exercise as the only credible movement is is erroneous. Um, there's all kind of movement that we can do. To that we don't think of as exercise per se you know when you go out and you walk with the dog if you walk the dog for half an hour that's good movement that's good physical activity and that can be enough to um, change how you feel it can be enough to help you lose weight um, you can even use that as a family activity get everybody out and take a, a long walk and if you're You know, someone who is pretty sedentary and hasn't done something like this before, 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at lunch, 10 minutes in the evening, that's enough. You know, that's really enough to start because anything you do is more than zero. I like to use that example with my students all the time because you can't start at 50 miles an hour. It doesn't work. That's why people fall off of exercise programs because they have goals that are unrealistic. And then when they don't meet them, they feel incompetent and they want to go back and lie on the couch and eat potato chips. I mean, quite frankly, you've got to start where you're at. And the other, the other part of this is that, you know, there are regular physical activities that people can be doing that don't even, you know, you don't even think about them as, as physical activity or exercise. But when people clean a house, you can get your heart rate up, you can sweat, you can be bending and stretching all kinds of stuff when you're just cleaning a house for an hour. So maybe you decide, Hey, I'm going to clean my house and exercise at the same time. And then I have two things. I feel good. And my house is clean for the first time in six months. Right. Uh, I've, I've even done that with myself. I've said, if you clean your house, you don't have to go to the gym today. You know, right. but the, but the truth is even at the gym, there are so many different things to do. Like My, my favorite thing is the elliptical, and I, I like it because the movement suits me, and I can have my music while I'm moving, and I can vary the degree of intensity and the speed, and I feel in control of that, and it feels really good to me. But if somebody said to me, you know, run for 40 minutes instead of be on your elliptical for 40 minutes, I would never do it. Right. So it's really, I think it's so important to try different things. If you've never done anything, if you've never been in a gym or you've never been physically active to try a bunch of things and accept that a lot of them are not going to feel right. But maybe just maybe that, you know, 19th out of 20th thing that you try, you're going to love it.
0: Right. And you know what I, here's one of my favorite things about Groupon favorite things about Groupon. Groupon has got everything under the sun of 10 classes for 10 bucks, right? Five classes for whatever. You could rotate around Groupon and literally try 20 different things for very little money, um, and find which one of them sticks, which one that you maybe would have never considered is something that you actually enjoy doing or that you rally a couple of friends. And now it's not only to your point about taking the dog for a walk and it's family time. Maybe this is your friend hangout time for those of us that are very busy. If you can incorporate whatever that activity is with friends, then it's kind of dual duty. And there's also a lot more likeliness that you're going to enjoy it while you're doing it because you're doing it with friends. And there's an accountability factor, right? Of people kind of saying, hey, let's go, you know, don't forget we've got our kickball game tonight or whatever it may be. So, yes, I love it. And, and I really do love the mindset of not having some futuristic goal of when this happens way out in the future, then I will be happy. Not going to work. Absolutely yeah, not going to work.
1: It goes along with my philosophy that I actually, you know, put on a piece of paper and stuck it on the wall once. It's wait no more, live now.
0: Yes, Yes, exactly. I love it. So let's take this and bring it into nutrition. Let's talk about diets. So uh, for folks, again, you know, we're talking about New Year's resolutions where not only do they say, hey, I'm going to get moving more this year, but I'm also going to eat better, which is always interesting to me of what better even means to somebody. But let's just say that somebody says, you know, I'm going to try to, you know, cut down on the red meat or whatever it may be. What uh, what would you say is different, if anything? around the mindset when it comes to uh, eating in a much healthier lifestyle? What would be a couple of things that somebody wants to think about in that regard?
1: Well, the funny thing about um, eating and eating behaviors is that they're, they're very hard to um, regulate and, and get control and get on a specific like routine, partially because eating is something you absolutely have to do. I mean, obviously, we need food in order to sustain life. So you think about it, we, it's harder to regulate because we do have to eat. There's right. no choice, but the question is what to eat and, and why to eat it. And um, even in coming here to, you know, Bastia, where we have a whole foods model, um, I think that's helped me to kind of be able to think about food as um, where it came from. Yeah, how did it get grown? How did it get in this form and kind of going back to nature you know, to say, well, instead of getting some prepackaged box in the store that, uh, you know, I have to stir some water in and there's dinner, can I buy something in the store that I like know where it came from, like a stock of broccoli or a piece of meat or a piece of fish or even, you know, like whole grains, things like rice or um, wheat, can get them in their original form and try to see what it's like to actually eat something that you can imagine growing. Or living.
0: Right. Right. And and really looking at Whole Foods and what that actually means, which we're not even, we're not even bridging the topic of GMOs and organic and all the rest of that. So if we're talking with a, at least a first step here in the in the right direction, you're right. If we could at least uh, take a look at moving away from cans and boxes as a start, that, that's a huge step in the right direction. I couldn't agree more. And and in exactly that, stopping long enough and thinking about Hey, where did this come from? And if I am making a commitment to moving more in whatever that means, then that means that on some level, I've made a decision to honor my my physical well-being to a greater degree, which has to include, one would think. What, what you're putting in your body. I mean, it really doesn't go hand in hand that you're going to go to the gym or go to a CrossFit class or whatever it is, and then come back and have, you know, a gallon of uh, Pepsi and a and a bag of potato chips. I mean, that that's, they're just completely in contrast to one another of, again, the why, why are you doing this? And if it is for more energy, if it is to feel better, to sleep better, to have mental clarity, I think that, you know, you and I would both agree that what you eat, what you're physically putting in your body is uh, is going to be a huge component to all of those whys.
1: Agreed. And, and a fair amount of research shows that when we develop one healthy habit, we are more likely to develop a secondary or tertiary healthy habit. And I, I know for myself that when I'm working out, I feel more like eating things that I think are going to comp Implement that. And I don't mean that I consciously think that. It happens subconsciously. I crave um, green vegetables. You know, I, I crave more fruit. I want to cook more. Even the idea of cooking is helpful because it connects you to your food and you can't be as oblivious to the fact that there's a lot of um, you know, things in in prepackaged and processed foods that are not good for us. And that somehow when I'm physically active, the process of selecting food that's good for me seems more intuitive.
0: Agreed. No, I love it. And, uh, you know, it's it really is. It's a difference for me in a mindset of, you know, if somebody says, you know, as you're walking out the door, oh, wait, you know, where are you going? or What are you doing? Instead of it being about, uh, you know, oh, I'm taking this class or I'm doing that. It's, you know, I'm a healthy person. And when you've made the decision that you're a healthy person, the actions that you take support that. Right. It's very hard to make a decision to make a commitment and truly have in your head. I am a healthy individual. And then, you know, go, like I said, grab the bag of potato chips. They're just in such conflict to one another that when you have that why of, of a commitment and, and it really does matter inherently to you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think every decision uh, just it, it becomes effortless, really, or certainly a lot more effortless than dragging yourself out the door to to go do something.
1: That's completely true. And, and I think that um, to a great degree, we've become so automated and technologically driven that we forget that the best machine, the greatest machine is our own body. I mean, the, the, the amount of value that we put in technology is so much more than that. And yet we have this great machinery and, um, you know, we take care of the car better than we take care of our body.
0: right. Right. No, I uh, I agree. You know, you and I could spend the whole day, obviously, talking about this. We uh, we feel the exact same way. So, since unfortunately we don't have uh, all day, we're coming to the end here of this uh, of this podcast. And I do hope that people are stopping long enough to consider some of the um, points that have come up and what your why is and not waiting for some far off day to enjoy it or to be happy or to feel the reward or the benefit of what it is, but that you do keep it in present tense. So in closing, if you had to give somebody one piece of advice, here we are kicking off the new year, people are writing their new year's resolutions, they're trying to wrap their head around a different way of being, and you had one piece of advice for them, what would that be?
1: I would say, you know, be authentic, go with what feels authentically driven for you. And, and, you know, when I say that, I mean, do the physical activities that feel really good to you, eat the foods that make you feel really good and, and really live your own truth and not someone else's. Excellent.
0: Excellent. And since we are talking about being in our own truth, final question, Dr. Thal, of everything that you have been through, your entire life's journey to get you where you are right now, what is one thing that you absolutely believe to be true?
1: I think that the faith that you have is the thing that stabilizes you through thick and thin. I think faith in in yourself, the faith in humanity, faith in the earth and nature and the universe, I think that that's what sustains me and keeps me going, even in the lowest moments I may have, and God knows I have a few. Um, I think that that keeping the faith is just so important to ultimately finding where you want to be on your journey and on your path.
0: Excellent. Well, that is a fantastic note to end on. I appreciate it very much. I really appreciate your time and I appreciate the great work that you're doing out there. And I know that your students are going to continue to share and spread this knowledge. And, uh, you know, hopefully here we make a dent in, um, in the way people think and in the way they think about themselves. So again, I appreciate your time and I appreciate everything that you're doing. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much. I'm really glad we had a chance to do this. It was a lot of fun.
0: Exactly. Thank you. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers podcast. The next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.